Hello, this is Jamie. And this is Heather, and you're listening to Soul Archaeology, a podcast where we dig for the most authentic truth amongst the layers of our lived experience. And boy, have we been living a lot of experience lately. It has been rough. The outer world societal classic systems are starting to crumble and fall apart and fail us individually. But what's the upside? Is there an upside? We think there's an upside. In fact, we think that as that starts to happen, there can be nothing but an upside, quite honestly. And the first way in which we're seeing this is that all of us individuals are coming up with odd experiences that seem if we're not mistaken, to be tapping in to new abilities, new spiritual abilities, new psychic abilities, new knowings, whatever you want to call them, whatever you believe, be prepared because the message I've been getting is that we are in alignment for a super bloom individually. So we're talking about it today. I could use it. I'm, I'm Couldn't we it. all? I I'm really need a super I've bloom. Been, Seriously, I've been struggling big time, struggling with self-empowerment, which is pretty much my thing. Like if I'm going to label myself a healer, which I don't, but we're all healers. So when a healer says, I'm a healer, it's not I'm special and let me heal you. It's we are all healers. And, and those of us who are on that healing path, helping others have just tapped into that sense of wanting and being passionate about helping others. So that's what that means. Let's get that out of the way right now because none of that highfalutin spiritual mumbo jumbo on this show, not while I'm around anyway. Um, but yeah, we it's been a rough ride for the, since the beginning of the year, I think globally. I don't think that's a stretch to say, and um, but also on every level individually. Yeah, it's very weird. I feel... Um... The only word that I can really come up with right now is isolated. I feel like mm -hmm. I have been taken out of the game and very specifically placed on the bench. And I don't like sitting on the bench. I really nope. don't like sitting on the bench. So the the more I feel that I am placed on the bench, the more I I want to get up and and run around and do things. And I I just don't have the energy for it right now. And it is super frustrating and really not me and i feel like a lump on a log so many days where i'm like what in the heck is going on and I like i cannot manage to get anything to come together so i am i'm at a place right now where my my kind of well here's the thing that you can do is clearing stuff out I am clearing out so much stuff and it's, it's also part of like, you know, it's, it's not a lot of monetary gain, but it's a little bit of monetary gain. And so that's kind of fueling me to do it a little bit too, but mostly I feel like you have to clear space for things to happen. And so I am frantically and furiously trying to clear space. But even that goes at like a snail's pace right now. Everything for me personally feels like super slowed down, super taken out of the game, super sidelined. And I, I understand at the core of me that it's for a reason. And I'm trying not to question that a whole lot, but damn, I'm, I'm ready for that, like, release, that push where I feel like the kind of weight of, uh, like, I don't like this being, like, shackled up feeling, because that's what it feels like. For me personally, it feels like I'm kind of bound. It feels like I'm shackled to myself in a really <laughs> horrible way. Yeah. Like, I don't want, I want to escape me right now. I don't want to be shackled to me. Me is not functional. You remember that episode of Charlie's Angels where they all got, they went to like this women's prison and they made their escape yes. and they were all shackled together. <laughs> and then in the movie, they spoofed it and 
that's what it is for. Yeah. Like, except we're not shackled to other angels. We're shackled to ourselves. And it's just like, what is this? It's clown school right now. It feels like clown school. It's just like, <laughs> it feels ridiculous. How long, I, how long have I been doing this? And yet, once again, and you know, this is something that I've been through a million times. And every time I go through it, it feels like the first time. How long have I been doing this? My ego gets all uppity. Like, mm -hmm. how long have you been on this spiritual journey? How many things have you healed? You know how this goes, blah, blah, blah. But why am I back at square fucking one? Why? And that's what it's felt yeah. like. I felt like all of a sudden my spiritual identity was sort of adrift in a sea of a ton of spiritual identities. And it felt like nothing really called to me. And and where am I going and why am I going there? Like, what am I here for again? What are we doing? Are we sure? Are we sure that that the messages we've been getting from galactic collectives and guardian angels and source energy, are we sure that those messages that we've been receiving, this is where this has taken me, this whole crumbling, um, over the past, uh, I guess since, I don't know, 2012 was kind of like the big yeah. you know, boost where this started to come into the mainstream. Um, are we sure that all those messages that we've been receiving from all those collectives about how this is what you came for, you signed up to be here and watch it from a human form, you are going to do this because you're one of the best. You've done this so many times, you knew you weren't going to fail. And it's like, mm, uh, are you sure? Because I am having my doubts and I feel like if I were that much of a spiritual effing warrior, I probably would have fewer doubts. So there's this push and pull between I'd really like to refine like who obviously I'm going through a phase from a very removed perspective. If I were counseling someone who was not me, I would be saying clearly you're going through a transitional period where you are shedding some old skin and developing new skin and it's going to be a tender time and you need to be patient with yourself. And I know that's difficult, but that's what you need to do. But patient me is like, fuck you, doc. You don't know what you're talking about. This fucking sucks. I hate everything. The other day I had a conversation, a direct conversation through a channeling surrogate who I induced. Um friend of mine who I've worked with a lot in the past, but we haven't worked together in a long time, had a conversation with, it was just sort of like both of us had been tapped on the shoulder to kind of get together and do this thing. And I was pretty excited mm -hmm. because I don't, I don't have a lot of people available to play with in this way. No one is really around to be free to do this with me. And it's one of the things that I love to do. And so we start the session, we don't have an angle, which I have learned in the past. Did I actually learn it? No, because I wouldn't have done it this time. But I have learned in the past that when you do not go into a session with a direct focus, you will find things that will surprise you emotionally. <laughs> As a facilitator, when you are going into session with a client you have a very specific focus. The client has done their homework and has come up with very specific things they want to know, and it's on their behalf. So as a practitioner, you are removed from their experience enough to be a proper facilitator. But when you start messing around with surrogate sessions on your own behalf, you're getting into sticky business. And I found myself in the stick. And I I hated them so much. The flip... The fl flames on the side of my face, burning, heaving, heaving breaths. If I just, I was connected with this collective that decided they were going to call themselves the Brotherhood because, in truth, none of these, I mean, all of these, <laughs> it's spiritual marketing, folks. When they come up with a name for themselves, it's because human beings are so used to marketing that they literally need names to call things by because we can't brain it unless we know who we're talking to. So as the surrogate described it, it was a collective of light beings, about four that were there and he could see them in, in light body form. And I was like, okay. And he's like, they do not have a name. I'm like, expected it. They usually don't. No problem. But you can call them the brotherhood if you want to. And I'm like, make up your fucking minds. I hate it when you yank my chain. <laughs> so the brotherhood comes through and they start telling me things. 
Now, when spirit starts telling you about yourself, they do not do it like human beings. They're not mean. They're very supportive. But somehow all of the stuff you're taking in triggers you like the neighbor you hate. And I was so effing triggered. (laughs) I could barely make it through the session. Like he's been doing it long enough to where as I was on the count out, he was coming out of it well. And he opened his eyes and he looked at me and I was like, I could barely make it through counting him out. I was in tears because I was not prepared for what they told me. Now, a lot of you out there are going to want to know what they told me. And honestly, I can't tell you because I don't think the majority of what was triggering me was verbal. I think uh-huh. the the conversation was a an excuse to get into me mm-hmm. and work on wh- the calcifications uh, is the best way I can describe it. And I'm getting this now because I I it, I've had several days to process. And um sure. And so I'm just getting this now. Um and you know it was quite an, exper- an experience, and I have run into this issue in personal sessions multiple times where the first time you sort of connect with an entity you haven't worked with before, it can be, at least for me, a bit contentious because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I'm there to demand answers. Not like an asshole, not like, you owe me answers, this is entitlement, but like, no, you brought me here. You literally rubbed my lamp. I would have never, never asked for a session on my own behalf. Not ever. I tripped into it being on my own behalf. I didn't mean I was using myself as an example. And then all of a sudden, boop, 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 pinpointed on Heather. And I was like, (laughs) but that's also kind of their MO too, is to take the, take advantage of a situation that presents itself because you, because you wouldn't normally ask for it for yourself. They Mm -hmm. know that. So if they see an in, they're going to take it. Oh, why did so, they take it? Thanks, guys. So, yeah. I'm so appreciated. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and in that way, it's a frequency thing. And it, it's always a frequency thing. But when you have stuff where you're like, I don't know exactly what they said, or I don't know exactly what the message was supposed to be, but you feel something on a level where where you know that you are having a very visceral reaction. You're crying. I've had a lot of crying lately from like nowhere, like just I'll hear a word or see a stupid commercial or something. We're like, I'll hear a word. (laughs) I did. Because and it'll just hit me, and I'm like, okay, I guess yep. I'm sitting in this now. Thanks a lot. Yep. I don't oh. know where this is coming from, but thanks. little did you know that your social secretary has scheduled you a crying session in the middle of the day. You they don't tell you your so schedule right now. Many uh-huh. crying sessions. So and that's the tired. thing is that it's like they have. They, I, I say they because we as humans on this planet are used to thinking in separation, terms of separation. And not only that, we are used to very much being so immersed in the illusion of reality that to us, there is a separation. And so um, they are the guides, the angels, the whoever you believe in is guiding you on the other side. So it's really a, a term of convenience, but I want to make it clear that they are also you. Mm-hmm. And it's just a collection of energy and it's, and it includes your energy and it includes all of your energy on all of its levels from all of the different spaces that your energy is connected to, lives in, operates in, uh, reaches out to, it includes all of that. Interesting little yeah. thought that I've never had before popped into Monogs. Um Whatever comes through for you in spirit form, whatever energy you're dealing with, positive or what you might consider negative, um, they're all energies that you have worked with and are familiar with prior to. Oh, sure. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. You you wouldn't 
do this without having that kind of support system, nobody does. Whether you realize you have it or not, you you do have a huge support system. There is, including yourself, including multiple iterations of your own energy that exist both within and without the realm that you currently reside in, which sounds like a lot of words that mean <laughs> nothing. Um, and so that much spiritual rhetoric does. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that's why I'm like, and this is going to sound like absolute gargly gook because it's not mm. me and, um, or it is me, but it's a different version of me, whatever you want to call it. Anyways. It's the uh, guides. I think for our purposes going forward, it can be the guides. I just wanted to make sure that people sort of had that floating around in their nogs. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and I had to ask, uh, this session that you had, was it in the, it was it fairly recently. Yeah. It was, was February it 1st. Days? February 1st. Okay. Why? Because, because I've had a visitation from the individual that you had the session with. What? No. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll have to talk about that later. Um, yeah. So... I thought it was very weird. I'm like, why are you popping <laughs> in right now? Who said you could uh, be here? Okay. Whatever. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. Um, and the other thing that you have to understand is that when Jamie talks or her guides coming through her talk about everything you're doing here, you couldn't do it without that support system. That support system, and this is a jagged little pill, that support system that we're talking about includes all of the negative energies that you might encounter along your journey. Mm -hmm. Those that appear to be holding you back, those that appear to be standing in your way, those that appear to be taunting you, all of those energies are also for your greater good. Yeah, because those are the nudges that help to nudge you in, well, in any one direction again, or me go through another section of whatever it is that you're supposed to be experiencing. Exactly. I mean, you have to have it's experience. It's a catalyst. It's a catalyst and it's it's that polarity is the is the hybrid vehicle that drives yeah. life. And that sounds yeah. so like Hallmark weird spiritual Hallmark card, but it is pol polarity is the fueling system. It's the circulation system. So without that shadow meeting with that light, you're not having you're not going anywhere. You're in the doldrums. What? And I did just get this. Um, and it's going to look very unique for those of us, for those of us who are going through something in our lives where we are more, um, I'm going to use the word sequestered to your, to your home <laughs> location. If you're not traveling out a lot, if you're not going out every day and interacting with people, a lot that is going to look very different and very, um, oh, what's a good word to use? I, I don't even have a good word to use for it. It's just, it's, it's going to trigger a lot of, um, and this is going to sound like, well, duh, of course, it's going to trigger a lot of internal stuff because all of the triggers for the work to be done while you don't have that reflection to bounce off of, of the other people around you, it's going to get pulled from everywhere. So it is going to be reactions to what you see and hear on TV and reactions to a thing you read and reactions to a conversation that you have with your partner or while you're going through your stuff. If you're cleaning a room and you come across something and you have a reaction to that thing and it stirs something up within you, that is another way of having the same kind of experience that you would in a more external space if you were out and about all the time or in a, in a place where you were, you know, interacting with other people all the time, they would be your mirror. They would be the catalyst for that experience. If you're not out in the world that way, that same team is going to find ways that are that are more directly connected to you in in your own little personal space and that is going to feel a lot 
tighter. It's a, a lot more um, in your face and kind of like, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot more in your you can, face. You can't escape and, it. It's like you said in the beginning, you're no. shackled to it. Yeah, you're you're shackled to it, and yeah. and it's it's a lot. It's a lot more. It feels a lot more invasive, is what it feels like, because it's not something that you can just kind of you know shrug your shrug your arms and and slop off and go oh well that person's having a bad day or whatever and and place it on more of an like an external circumstance because it came through. An interaction with somebody else that's not you. You can't diffuse it. No, 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 no. It's 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 not diluted at all. It's a much more highly concentrated way of having that experience, and those experiences will tend to wear you out faster. uh, Will give you more of a. you will have more of a reaction. You might become way more triggered than you would with something, you know, meeting somebody that's more external to you and probably question yourself and your own, your own sanity, your own worth, your, which would be the point, uh, which is always the point, but it's, but to the point where if you're not careful enough to say, okay, I've gone through a lot here. I'm being triggered a lot by things. I'm, I need a, I need a break. I need a mental break or I need to do something to help myself feel better. I need to feel good about myself. So whether that is, you know, Hey, I haven't dyed my hair in three weeks and I'm seeing a bunch of roots showing and, I want to fix that because that makes me feel better instantly. Okay, cool. Set aside some time to to do that thing. Or today, whether I know I'm going to go out somewhere or not, I'm going to get dressed up. I'm going to put makeup on. I'm going to put, you know, a full outfit on. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to do something like that. Or I'm going to go to the gym today. Or I'm going to go for a walk outside. Or I'm going to go... You know, something that is going to help to shift your own mindset and kind of pull yourself up out of. They're they're gentle ways to wake yourself up. Yeah, they're gentle ways to wake yourself up from that that negativity, which we all fall victim to from time to time. And when you are having these highly concentrated growth spurts where you have been sequestered, so to speak, whether that looks like just being stuck at home or feeling isolated wherever you're at, because you can feel isolated, not at home. It, that's Home is not a requirement mm-hmm. for isolation. Sure. Um, if you are feeling isolated, it is likely that you are having a very personal, highly concentrated growth spurt. And when you have those, you need to do conscious things that this is all what they told me while you were talking was that the reason for these highly concentrated isolated um sequestered periods of growth um are because many of us have gotten to a point in our healing journey where we are really digging out the bedrock of our trauma we are we are at the point where we have taken away the last vestiges of coping mechanisms that we cultivated prior to this. And when you do that, the feeling I get is that it makes you incredibly vulnerable to external forces because there is a period of redevelopment for you. And that redevelopment ideally needs to take place with yourself and pretty much only with yourself so that you are not swayed or influenced by external sources that might might either, as we said before, diffuse what you're feeling or shift how you see what you're experiencing. And that is the point of this. And I see emotion. So I'm going to ask, are you ready to 
speak of the emotion? Um, I just, I had a very interesting visual. Mm-hmm. I saw myself as a soapstone figure in the hands of somebody else. And they were re-carving the figure. So, yeah. (laughs) And so, but what is, where does that touch you emotionally? What happens for you? Because the feeling I get is that the other hands, the hands that the soapstone figure is in are yours. And that's an overwhelming reaction to gratitude and self-love. It's very interesting because it's very um, higher than the solar plexus, Mm -hmm. but very much in between solar plexus and heart in a space that doesn't normally get triggered. Like, (laughs) funnily enough, like exactly where my stomach sits. Not a shock. Hmm. Do you want me to do you want me to steer away from this so you can collect? <laughs> um, I don't need to steer away. Um, it's always interesting when things like that hit. It's and it's mm-hmm. definitely always interesting to be that vulnerable um, while we're talking and then actually put it on air. Um, but I also feel like it's always a good thing because I know that I'm not the only one that goes through it. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. it's just a very interesting, it's just a very interesting feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot because this particular portion of my journey, like I, I can see kind of a, a long play version of it where I, I can see a little bit on the other side and that's awesome. And if I hadn't ever seen that or been able to touch that in any way, I wouldn't have gone through all the things that I've gone through to begin with. Um, if I didn't think that was a possibility, but I also forget sometimes that before you reach that space, there's still a lot to move through and I get very impatient, um, with being in that in-between space. And this is definitely in between space. It kind of feels like, you know, when you get that really, uh, that really cute short haircut and you're growing it out and you're like, what do I do with this? I can't do anything (laughs) with this. It's not enough hair to put up in a ponytail or a bun or anything. And I don't really feel like doing anything with it. If I don't do anything with it, it just, just going to hang off my head. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, everybody knows that feeling when you're going through that kind of weird, like, this isn't me and this doesn't feel quite right, but you haven't got to the other side of that. And there's always one part of you that's like, man, just chop it off, just chop it off again, because if you (laughs) chop it off again, then at least you're not stuck in like, in like weird limbo stage but there's the other part of you that's like oh but i'd really like to see what it would look like longer and it's going to be so much healthier now and it's going to be different and it's going to be easier to do things with and then i can actually wear you know braids and ponytails and i can make a messy bun and where are we going with this (laughs) tangent tangent my tangent (laughs) is that you go through when you're going through a really transitional time like this it's hard to put it's hard to wrap your head around the amount of time that you're going to spend in that space. 
Oh yeah. Every time you're you're in a space like that, you want to get out of it as quickly as possible because it's going to be uncomfortable. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't like where I'm at. I don't like how any of this looks or feels or what it's triggering in me. I don't like it. So the the thought is I either want to go back and go into the hidey hole wherever I was before and just be in the hidey hole or I just want to move through this so I can be done with it and it can be you know, I can be on the other side, but the important part of where you're at is unfortunately that really shitty, tricky, ugly, in between growth stage. That is the stage that's really important because that's laying the foundation for whatever you're going to have next. So if we try to skip over it too quickly, or if we try to backpedal away from it, and don't allow ourselves to fully experience it. Um, you're just going to continue to have these same kind of spurts over and over again. <laughs> and it's going to feel crappy every time you do it. So I have to keep reminding myself that it's okay to be where I am right now. And it's okay to it's okay to feel shitty about where I am. It's, you know, that's natural. I'm no, I'm not happy about it, but I think I also want to, I really like to work more on honoring this stage Because one thing that I am noticing, I'm going to get really emotional again. As I've been going through a lot of stuff, and this is like, we're talking everything from like clothes to like, I've had purses that have been filled with crap from like high school that I have continued to carry with me into adult that have you know like old notes written on them and ticket stubs from old movies and old lipsticks and bottles of perfume and old ID cards and one thing that I've been noticing as I've been going through stuff like this is I've been appreciating more and more the girl that I was then. And I feel really bad about how horribly I treated her because she was never good enough in my eyes. She was never good enough. She wasn't pretty enough. She wasn't thin enough. She didn't, she wasn't cool enough. She, she didn't meet the expectations of who I thought I wanted to be at that time. And the more and more I look back on her now, the more and more I see how exceptionally beautiful and smart and capable and funny and just generally great to be around person she was. And she never got that kind of um, acknowledgement and appreciation from me, let alone other people. But I think the biggest part of that is the foundation of that is that she never got the appreciation from me. And how is anybody else going to see her that way or treat her that way? If I wasn't seeing her that way or treating her that way. Right. So now the job is not only to look at that and appreciate her, 
and give her that love, but also stop in the moment and take the time out to where, you know, if I'm, if I'm truly in, and I'm trying to capture these honest moments of like catching a glimpse of myself in the mirror or something and feeling good about myself in that moment. And I'm really trying to like savor that moment and give a little bit of time and extra space to it and kind of earmark that moment in my mind and say something nice about myself or to myself so that I have that for future reference. So that in five years from now, 10 years from now, when I look back on here, I have those moments to recollect on and go, you really, you, you know, you, you really liked yourself right then, or you were really appreciating yourself or enjoying yourself right then. Um, because I don't think I had enough of those moments when I was younger and it sucks because now I feel like I'm, I'm really digging in and doing the work now that technically I could have been doing back then. It probably would have made now a little bit easier. It probably would have made now a whole lot easier. I may not have had to go through as many hard things now had I done that work then, but I just was not, I was not in a place. I was not around I wasn't around a whole lot of people that made me feel good about myself or that, that helped reflect that in me. I was judged a lot where I was. And that's not just in my head. That's like, no, I really was, (laughs) I really was judged a lot in the space that I was in. Um, because the people that were around me were also in a space where they were judging themselves a lot. And that's just all they had to offer because that was the lesson that they were going through at the time. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot. It wasn't out of malice. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't wasn't out of malice. malice. No, it was just where they were at. So unfortunately that wasn't something that I was able to give myself then because it wasn't something that I recognized but at least now I'm recognizing that that was the case, that it wasn't just me. And I see the, you got the like, Oh, I get it. Something. (laughs) They've been bringing through, they've been bringing through a phrase when I'm working with people um, a lot lately. And it's not a new concept. It's just the the formulation of it struck me as uh, it's like, when you hear someone using a cool new word and you start using the cool new word, kind of like that, that feeling. Uh-huh. And um, and what I've been saying to people who've been talking to me is, well, how could you? You had no one to model that for you. Sure. And so in this moment, you were talking about that and they were like, she had no one to model it for her. That is why you are yeah. being sequestered so you can model it for yourself. Because here's what happened. Sure. You, you know, there's some entropy at play here. You, you grew up experiencing, and what I heard quite honestly while you were talking about how much you were judged and being a child, and if you had done that work previously, it would have been easier now. Not only do you know that would have been impossible and not the way it was supposed to go, but also the guides in my head were saying, the goal was to keep you alive long enough to get you here. <laughs> keep her alive. Just keep her alive. Whatever it takes sure. to keep her alive. That person will give her fun. It'll make her loosen up. This job will help her get away from this. Just keep her fucking alive. That was that was literally the goal for the first part of your life because you were not spiritually, you weren't in a place where you could spiritually connect to your team strong enough for any of this to take place. And you mm-hmm. did not have people in your life who had the capacity to support you enough to do any of this work. No, I, don't I had to grow enough to support myself in that work. Well, and I think that that is universal. I think that any of us going through this right now are 
are in that space where we, this whole journey has been about learning to parent ourselves, learning to protect ourselves, learning to set boundaries, learning to tap into our own discernment. We are becoming, that was the whole, you know, the the agenda that was so popular. I mean, it's still popular, but for me, it feels in the linear timeline as if the authenticity agenda has kind of not faded, but been drilled in enough to be let go and we're moving on to other things that need to be drilled in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that that whole authenticity agenda was one of the baby steps. It was that challenge of, you know, all ye witches who have been burned at the stake in many lifetimes, come forth and use your authentic voice. And we were like, fuck you. Were you there when we were hanging? Were you there when we were burning? Could you fuck off, please? No. And now, and of course it happened. It's really interesting because, and People out there, anyone who finds this podcast, let us know because I'm really curious if this is just my experience and my way of processing the experience or if this is this is actually how it's working for the rest of you. But I feel like they got the the agenda of authenticity and, and using your voice and speaking your truth, all of that sort of was hammered into me just enough to take hold right before cancel culture exploded. But but even so, I feel like it's still something that we're going to be challenged by on like oh, a yeah. daily I'm basis. I'm not saying that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there was enough of a foothold, enough of an anchor it, for the behavior to make it through cancel culture, which oh, is this generation's sure, sure. form of burning at the stake. You know, we're not well, we're not lighting people on fire most of the time. These days sure. we are lighting them on fire on the internet virtually, you know. And sure. and I think that and I'm not sure, maybe that was just me, maybe that was just what I needed. Maybe that was my personal journey. But I'm curious to see if anyone else has kind of felt that they were sort of put through the rigors of being authentic and finding your authentic self and and having authenticity sort of drilled into your your mindscape prior to cancel culture just exploding. Well, and it's interesting because I am seeing quite a few people that are like people who are being thrust into a public space or public arena, be it social media of some sort or whatnot, who have issues that that in general would keep them from connecting with those outside spaces. Like they they're not necessarily people who would go out a whole lot and be in a face-to-face situation, either because they have, you know, they they have self-image issues or they have anxiety issues and like to an extreme nature where they have turned some sort of social media venue into their work and they are working through those issues that they have in a very public outlet. <laughs> but from a distanced kind of distance perspective in the way of, you know, they're not out on the street having these conversations. They're in their homes recording these conversations. And I feel very, I don't know. I, I've, I've, I feel close to a lot of those people that I'm seeing now because I can see, I can see that like whole rhythm of, this person obviously came from a space of where they could not openly say what they have to say here or 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 try to explore themselves with without feeling like some sort of immediate backlash from whatever the external circumstances were so they they turned to this new form of of doing that, which can almost be worse in some ways because people are anonymous on the internet. You can say whatever you want to say. You can put a video up, but if you decide to read the comments, that's way more harsh than what somebody out on the street is going to tell you nine out of 10 times. But 
you are distance enough energetically from that to to have the little bit of space that you need to say the things that you need to say for yourself and then kind of like close your eyes and push it out there and go, okay, and now it's going out to the masses and, but I've done the piece that I need to do and then it's being put out there. And so I'm seeing things like authenticity. Like when I think of something like authenticity and I'm watching these people who are in my perspective right now doing something incredibly brave because I would like to do something like that but I still have a very hard time like I'm doing this but even this sometimes feels very hard to do um I take comfort in the fact that no one listens to us I'll just say feel well, very there protected that. by that fact <laughs> you know all seven listeners um exactly who know us and are our friends. Yeah. And we thank you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like there's this very interesting. It's a very interesting back and forth. It's a very interesting, like. I, I admire those who are doing this kind of work and who are actually putting themselves out there. Although I can also see that in some ways it's like, but are they still hiding? And it's like, well, yes, but no, it's like, but they're giving themselves space. They're doing it in a way that, that feels safe to them. And that I find, yeah. And that I find incredibly commendable and that is incredibly authentic to find something and find a space that you can work within where you can still be yourself um, in all the different versions of you. I am drawn more and more right now to people who I am finding, you know, although they have a message that they're trying to convey, they're also not afraid to say, you know, today I had a bad day or this is something that I'm trying to uphold, but I'm still struggling with this thing or I'm, you know, I'm trying to do better for myself but I'm still struggling. I'm trying to have better body image, but I still have days where I struggle. Um, you know, I was going to do this sort of video the other day, but I didn't because I felt like this about myself and are honest and can say those things, you know, to a camera that they're then going to upload for, you know, however many people to see. Um, I'm glad that in a cancel culture, such as we, as we are in now, that there are still people who can do that and who are doing that. Um, I need those people right now. Yeah, because there are hard days. So thank you if you're out there <laughs> doing that. I appreciate you. You help me navigate my hard days whether I'm commenting on your things or not. And I hope eventually that this show becomes that for certain people too, whether you're one of our friends and you know us directly or whether you're somebody that's new to us or somebody in another country who maybe doesn't get the freedom to say a lot of the things that even maybe not on the internet just because of where you are. Um, I that That's something that I hope for us in general. You know, when, when I signed us up for a TikTok account, I dragged my feet forever because I just didn't, I don't have any desire to social media. Um, and yet I do it every day. And it seemed like adding another account, learning the platform and trying to be, trying to be seen. I mean, what a horrible agenda to try and uphold. It just sounds heavy. It sounds tedious. And a lot of the time it is. But my point is, when I signed up for TikTok, I was really stunned by the amount of vulnerability that was on the platform. Because you don't see True. that 
on Instagram. You don't. And I don't pay attention to Facebook unless it's our page. You can see it on Instagram, but not to the degree that you see it on TikTok. Once your friggin' uh, For You page starts populating with stuff that you've watched, it's just an endless supply of beautiful people having moments where they realize cool shit and they want to share it with you. And it is like every video that I see, not that there aren't complete and, you know, complete assholes out there. I'm sure there are, but I don't see them because TikTok is one place where I feel like um, what I put out there, like it is sort of, at least right now, the ideal manifestation of the way we always tell people the world works, how reality works, how manifestation works. You put out to the universe what you want and it comes back to you. And it does on in spades on TikTok. My point is that my goal, while not being a regular on the platform, but you know, just doing my minimal posting that I've been doing, my goal is while I am watching these beautiful people have their breakthroughs and their catharsis and their moments of absolute bone-crushing vulnerability in front of us, my goal is to just be another voice that's supporting them. And so I will comment. When I see someone doing that, I will comment. I feel it in my heart when you have these moments and you allow me a voyeur to see them. I'm going to be a supporter of yours, even if I don't agree with what you're saying, because it takes, it requires so much gumption to do that. And so that's one of the things that I like doing with the Soul Archaeology account is just in my, you know, piddly little way saying, I see you and thank you for allowing me to see you. Because what it does is, for me anyway, and if it does this for me, it has to do it for other people, um, it unifies. And that's sure. what we need more of. Sure. And I do do that on Insta. See, and for me, it's it's more Instagram because that's the platform that I've spent more time on. And so I've Me been too. able to cultivate, cultivate myself for that, for that specifically on, on Instagram. So I do, I'm, I'm more apt to leave comments on Instagram than I am on YouTube. You mean on um, TikTok? Or no, do you mean on YouTube? Because, because before I was talking about YouTube, to be honest, oh. TikTok, I still have not figured out yet. I, I keep trying to dip my toe in and then I get overwhelmed and I'm like, I can't with this. And then I, <laughs> I flop back over. I will eventually get there. I'm sure it just, it takes time, but there's, I got lots going on right now. So <laughs> I'll get there. You know, the whole thing that started this conversation is um, I was sort of texting with Jamie about what this show was going to be about. And so far, I haven't even mentioned the thing that triggered that original text. And that was I noticed that for me, there was an uptick in instances of telepathy. And at first, when it started happening, I didn't I didn't realize what it was. I just thought, ah, coincidence or, oh, we think alike or wait a second. <laughs> All of a sudden it started happening so much. Like every time I'd excuse it away, it seemed to amplify. And the way it would come through for me is that I would be watching a video, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or whatever social media platform or even television. Um, whatever I was watching, I would hear the exact words that someone was about to say just before they said them. And sometimes there it was it was uncanny because they were using words that are not really norm, a normal part of my lexicon. Clearly, they're words I know and understand, but they're not words that I use myself. And the formulation was so eerily specific that I could no longer excuse it as a coincidence or a synchronicity, um, which, by the way, those are both um, related to telepathy. <laughs> they're, they're not unrelated. My point is, is that I finally like looked up to the guides as I often do and said, well, what's going on? What's happening? And they said, as the, they show me like concrete walls crumbling. And those represent all of the systems that have kept society moving in a very focused and singular direction all of these decades. And as those walls crumble, 
and I think you're going to relate to this a lot because you've spoken about this on a personal level, the partitioning that kept everything separate, it's like, oh, now they're showing me New Orleans and the flood walls. The, the flood walls are being breached and everything is melding together into a bigger pool and those pools will meld together in a bigger pool and so on and so forth. And that melding together of those pools is... Uh, allowing us to connect in ways that we were not as easily able to do before. So there will be more instances of things like telepathy. And th they've been saying for a long time that that's going to become normal for us. That I mean, that's just like, that's part of the spiritual myth, mythos that we were all driving towards was, telepathy is going to be normal for all of us. That doesn't sound possible. And now it's like, oh, I see exactly how that's going to unfold. That's fascinating because now I'm experiencing it. And that's really what the impetus for this conversation was. And I didn't realize, I didn't, I knew there were other things that were happening that were speaking to this and that were happening because things were breaking down. But also as, as these personal things happen, we're going to cause more of a breakdown of those old systems justice systems, monetary systems, the way finances work, all of these things, they're going to crumble. And as they do, here's what you need to take with you in terms of that fear that we get when we're like, oh God, everything's changing and I don't know how to deal with this too much. I can't do it. You need to understand that you have built-in systems that have been repressed by these yeah. external distortions of systems. Well, they're distractions. All those things that are starting to collapse are the distractions that keep you from actually connecting to the things that that are going to benefit you the most, ultimately. Um, that's, that is a message that has been passed down to me over and over and over again for years. Is that, And it's true. Like on a vibrational level... When you clear out all of the background fuzz, all of the interrupting signals, um, back in the day when we were talking a lot about the the black threads kind of running through the black roots, the black roots running through the threads of things as those start to get plucked out and they recede, the thing that replaces it is just a baseline of of pure frequency that is much easier to connect with. So as the distraction starts to move away and crumble and things that were once a thing are no longer a thing, um, you're able to pick up on the more subtle cues that are everywhere all the time, just sitting there waiting for you to notice, basically. Um, you know, people that you hadn't noticed, things that you hadn't noticed. So, well, and yeah. they were, while you were saying that, they were also saying that, you know, another aspect or way to look at it is that as those, what she was talking about with the black roots that threading through, there's this imagery of a tapestry, and every lifetime that's ever been lived is woven in record as a record, as a thread in that tapestry. So this tapestry is woven out of all sorts of different threads. And there are these black threads that are, when it was first introduced to us, it was introduced as black root energy, which was the negativity, the darkness, the shadow energy that was introduced into that tapestry. And as we evolve and ascend and enlighten ourselves, those black threads have no choice but to disintegrate, dissolve, or recede. And as they do that, they create leeway. They create room in that weave. And essentially what happens is the fabric becomes much more flexible and we are more easily able to manipulate it and create with it. So just like when we talk about chaos um, as a tool of destruction, it's not just destroying things. It is also those those pieces of things, the the remnants left behind in the in chaos's wake, become building blocks with which we rebuild new. I hate to bring a political phrase, but I just heard "build back better." The actual "build back better," <laughs> not the distorted sure. political version, but the spiritual actual light version. 
And, um, and so that's what's happening is that we are, as we wake up and figure out our shit, all of this black energy is just dissolving because it's not needed anymore. It's been, the light has been shed upon it and it's like, ah, no. And all of a sudden we're able to create with new things that we couldn't even see before because everything was so tight and constricted and, you know, high tension. I just think that's cool. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Thank God for something to look forward to because sometimes it can seem really dark right now. And unfortunately, the darkness is needed for that contrast, the contrast that we need to to point it out and go, oh, yeah, I see that there's something else there. (laughs) Exactly. And I need to lean into whatever that is or dive into where that dark spot is so that I can shed light on it, because ultimately we are light. We have no choice but to be light. We are light always. We get to a place where we dim ourselves and it's not until we're put into a really dark spot that we realize that we are light and that the things that we are seeing are being seen because we're light and we're shedding light on it because there is a piece of us somewhere that is seeking that out and going no matter how dark you are you are light and you are shining light on whatever it is that's around you. You just don't notice until you are in a dark enough space where that little bit of light that you're still clinging onto shows up. So that wasn't me either. (laughs) And speaking to that, because I wasn't sure if we were going to get to this, but one last thing that they dropped in as I was making my tea, getting ready for this, um, they started talking to me about inspiration because one of the things that came up in that session for me was I just felt bereft of inspiration. I felt, you know, I've been working a lot with the concept of inspired action and um, and asking every night in my, my evening before bed ritual, I've been asking, guide me with inspired action. That's how I want to live my life. Um, I don't want to be a person who is living or guiding themselves by fear. Um, And so what's the opposite of that? It took me a while to figure it out for myself, but I finally realized that inspired action is the way to go. And, um, and I was having a brief conversation with them in my head as I was making my tea um, about, okay, so why is inspiration so difficult for so many people? Why do they have a difficult time? Unless it's like a flood of inspiration that overwhelms you, why is it so difficult for people to figure out what they want? Why was it difficult for me or why is it difficult for me in my darker moments to figure out what I want? And they said that part of the problem is we've been indoctrinated into a society based on fear, which means don't want. And when you are indoctrinated into a society, you're raised as a member of that group. You are, you have been taught to focus your entire life on don't want. This is nothing new. I say this all the time. The point is, is that in order to, in order to feel inspiration, when you've been focused on not feeling things for forever, and it, it, it creates a smaller aperture through which inspiration can come. And so when inspiration first starts to appear in your life, you it may fly right under the radar because it's got such a small space through which to fit that it has to be tiny, tiny little bursts of inspiration that just feel like tiny upticks in your heart space. Just tiny like, ooh, you know, just the tiniest little, they may not even like have a voice. It might be a whisper. And you have to want inspired action so much that you refocus all of your efforts and energy on noticing how it feels in your body when inspiration strikes. Like for instance, I have a really long day ahead of me. Not only are we doing this podcast, but I have a lot of social media to get under control, blah, 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 blah. But I really want to make bread. <laughs> the making bread was a, oh, oh, ah, I want to I do that. Now, there was a time when I would be the kind of person, yeah, but, and then I'd talk myself out of it really quickly, almost second, not even almost second nature. I wouldn't allow myself to do that because I have more important things to do. 
And so you're contending with a lot when it comes down to when you finally get to that point where you are brave enough to believe that your life can be guided through inspired action instead of punishment. You've got a lot to contend with in terms of healing for yourself. And one, and do not underestimate the power of opening yourself up to the tiniest little excitement, the tiniest little flare-up of eagerness. You're not going to feel a, a bonfire of passion very often. And if you want to live a life of inspired action every day, you are going to have to learn to work with the nuances and subtleties that have been created as a result of your training from your parents who were all, who were raised in that same society and and were, it was never modeled for them. So you have to mm -hmm. learn how to model it for yourself and that's what your spiritual team is out there to help you with. So ask every day ask please guide me with inspired action. No more of this guidance through punishment. Punishment is part of the distortion. Punishment is another thing that's breaking down along with those concrete walls they showed me those flood barriers. Punishment is one of those walls. It is a false system. Do not fall for it. I'm off yeah. my soapbox now. <laughs> I can climb down off my platform. I needed everybody to know that. Inspired action is the way to go. And the more of us who do it, the more it's going to create opportunity for everyone else. Sure. Sure. And sometimes that is that little that little bit of self-care that you need to kind of scoop yourself up out of the doldrums. Is that yes. little spark that's like, oh, That's that how it's going to come through. Yes. Put on lipstick. Yeah, I like yeah. myself with mascara. That's the inspiration I'm talking about, the tiniest mm -hmm. things. I'm going to take a walk down to the end of the street and deep breathely. What? Breathe deeply. Deeply. <laughs> deep, deep. You know. <laughs> and that's the end of the show. <laughs> this time you did it. I'm so happy it wasn't me this time. <laughs> Oh man, I got a little too inspired. My inspire, I tripped over my inspired action. <laughs> That's okay. That's a great thing to trip over. It is. We all it trip is. over it more often. I would rather trip over that than fear any day. So absolutely. All right, have we done the thing? I think we've done the thing. We've done the thing. All right. So everybody, you know the drill. Oh, you probably don't because we don't have any listeners. That's right. I forget. Okay. So when we but if you were listening. If you were listening, you know, and you could say along with me, when we put an episode out on a Thursday, we always have a Discord meetup on a Saturday, not just to talk about the episode, but to talk about what's going on in your lives. We want to get to know you. We want to form a community. Who knows? Show up. Maybe it'll be cool. Let's see. And other than that, follow us on whatever social media app you're on, because uh, we try to do cool stuff and uh, I like what we do. And we're everywhere. So we are everywhere. Yeah. All right. Other than that, have a great week, guys. Stay dry if you're in SoCal like we are because uh, it's a challenge. Or NorCal, California in general. Yep. You know, know where your boat is. <laughs> you might need it. I'm going to upturn my umbrella and just float away down the street. <laughs> I'm down for it. All right. All right. Have a good week, guys. Bye.